The Mets both wore and experienced the Blues last night. Blue jerseys is chosen by the starting pitcher, Zach Wheeler, but before the Mets got to bat in those blue jerseys, they were behind 5-0. And that, by the way, was hardly the news of the day. The ballad of Matthew Edward Harvey is next. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Mets are doing. Well, there was a ball game at City Field last night, and the Mets lost to the Colorado Rockies 8-7. It had a very exciting finish, but a team with a Rocky right there in the name seemed an appropriate opponent because the Rocky relationship between the Mets and Matt Harvey indeed finally wound its way to an awkward end. A seismic event at City Field before last night's game and the end of an era. Josh Lewin with you. Matt Harvey was told at 3.15 yesterday afternoon, accept the minor league assignment or not. It worked for Roy Halladay, for Cliff Lee. They went back to the minors, came back Cy Young quality. But Harvey essentially said, that's not for me. So now Matt Harvey, DFA'd. In seven days, he'll have either been traded or simply released. And for all the talk about dark night for all these years, it ended on a pretty dark afternoon. May 5th, 2018, that's today, and that's a year ago when the Cape Crusader last year got himself into his last real big trouble. That's when he hit the gossip pages hard one final time, the Cinco de Mayo party at 10 Oak that got him in trouble. Remember, he uh, didn't get a chance to start that uh, next assignment. Adam Wilk had to come up. All of that seems so unimportant right now. We have likened in the past the Mets sticking with Harvey as kind of a marathon race with the Mets front office being the runner. You're at mile marker 22 or 23 or what have you. It's not going well. You're hurting all over. Maybe your nipples are chafed. Uh, but, but why not see it through to the finish line? And I think that's all where we thought this would go this year. Harvey's contract indeed is up at the end of the season, but essentially the Mets right around mile marker 24 said, you know what, let's just call it a day. And Harvey seemed to agree that was the way to go. So let the record reflect Harvey's final batter faced as a Met, Ronald Acuna Jr. in a day game against Atlanta. That was part of a five-run inning where seven of the final eight batters he faced reached base. Maybe the most exact opposite of Harvey day that you could have drummed up. And, And not to be too fancy or glib with all this, but, uh, you know, you you look at how this all kind of wound down here, and you were obviously hoping for a a better ending, but this is where it was. The guy went from Joe Namath to Joe Schmo in not even three years' time. His final numbers is a Met, 34 wins, 37 losses, four wins fewer than Ed Lynch as a Met, a worse winning percentage than Mike Pelfrey. So we get the the expiration date on a curdling carton of milk. It is, uh, of all things, a celebratory fun day on the party scene. Cinco de Mayo is when it comes to an end. Now, to be completely fair about this, two major surgeries obviously robbed Matt Harvey of so much of the greatness that we witnessed when he first arrived. It's very easy to say that Matt brought a lot of ill will and bad karma on himself, and that may be true. But not too many people come all the way back from both Tommy John surgery and thoracic outlet surgery. Two bad hands were dealt to a very stubborn man, so there you go. Sandy Alderson, 
eulogized him basically uh, pre-game yesterday and called him a likable, vulnerable individual. And Sandy wore the look of a very disappointed father, basically, is, is what it looked like. We'll let you hear from Sandy in just a moment. I, I go back, though, to Tom Verducci, who wrote during Harvey's prime about his so-called molten intensity. He said Harvey doesn't so much walk off the mound, he stalks off the mound. And that's what was so weird about all this. The final act wasn't so much a stalk as it was a slink. Six pitchers struck out more batters than Matt Harvey in their first 50 starts all time. Doc Gooden, Yu Darvish, Mark Pryor, Hideo Nomo, Kerry Wood, and the late great Herb Score of the Indians. Those are some phenoms but also some names that, that kind of hit the caution button there because none of those prodigies ended up being an all-star starting pitcher after age 27. So that's where Matt Harvey has deposited himself right now is kind of in that also ran, he never made it through to the finish line kind of pile. And he leaves with, in my mind anyway, a big what if. Well, what if he had gotten Lorenzo Cain out leading off the ninth inning of World Series game five, three years ago? How much different would his legacy had been had he talked his way back out onto the mound and actually gotten out of it? Had the Mets won game five and come back to win it all. He'd have had kids named after him in New York. But, but that's the final sadness to all this. Another line I've used before, but I'll close with it, with it here. Matt Harvey wanted so badly to be a superhero, wanted to be bigger than life, king of the world, and instead he leaves with his legacy, if not in tatters, at the very least, commensurate with his own initials, M-E-H. And personally, I wish Matthew Edward Harvey all good things going forward. He was never the easiest Met to deal with, and he brought a lot of stuff on himself. But I also think he was a very tortured soul with some inner demons that we'll never really understand unless he cares to explain them, in which case I think we'd all be very mostly uh, sympathetic to all that. But for now, it isn't so much that Harvey's better, it's that Harvey's bitter. And you can't blame Met fans for being the same. Here was Sandy Alderson talking to the media before the game. I don't think we had an expectation that he would agree to the assignment. I think that he had previously, in the abstract, uh, indicated that he would not accept. You know, Mickey, I think, went to great lengths to explain why we felt the bullpen route wasn't going to work and why we thought that he would really benefit from time uh, at our minor league complex, some period of time, not open-ended, but some period of time. You know, we didn't ask Matt to agree or not on the spot. We wanted to give him time to think about it, to talk to his agent. And um, uh, he has taken that time and has decided against the assignment. Little more from Sandy here. End of an era. And uh, I use that term in the broad sense. Um, Matt has been a cornerstone of certainly my tenure here. Tremendous prospect at the time I arrived. Tremendous accomplishments during the course of my tenure here. And, uh, you know, a very unfortunate, difficult conclusion. Not really of his making. I mean, this is somebody who's gone through two serious and career-threatening injuries with very lengthy rehabilitations, you know, made every effort to return to the, to the championship level that he exhibited uh, so often over the years. Obviously, there were challenges along the way for him and for us, but 
those challenges were always worth meeting, not just because of his ability, for me at least, and I think many others. Um, Matt is an appealing, likable, vulnerable uh, individual. And um, in spite of you know, issues all of us have from time to time, uh, he was, you know, he was appreciated for what he brought to the New York Mets. Uh, nobody's singing goodbye Norma Jean, but indeed it seems to be this guy lived his Mets life as a bit of a candle in the wind, huh? Next up, where does he go? I think Texas makes a lot of sense. Dan Worthen is there as an assistant pitching coach. There's not a lot of glare and spotlight right now. The Rangers aren't expected to do anything this year. How about the Marlins? Uh, already a little bit of symbiosis with Derek Jeter because, remember, they are uh, together with the Players' Tribune Project. The uh, New York City Bureau Chief is what Harvey called himself when he penned his first article for Derek Jeter. The Angels drafted Harvey out of high school 11 years ago. And, you know, the Angels are contending. Maybe they'll need an extra arm so Otani can get his rest between starts. Some people will say, hey, the Yankees are perfect because Harvey's always wanted to be a Yankee. But uh, we'll see where it all goes. Let's get to the game that was played. It was actually a really interesting game, as it turned out. There was one played at City Field on Friday night, and the Mets made a mess of it early. Three straight hits to start the game for Colorado off Zach Wheeler, and a sack fly followed from Carlos Gonzalez. Then Trevor Story, an RBI double. Ian Desmond had a double. Uh, Daniel Castro singled in a couple runs with one out then in the first inning. It was already 5 to nothing Colorado. And that made the Mets three of the last four games down 3-0, 3-0, and 5-0 before they even came to the plate. Wheeler this year now has an opponent's batting average in the first inning of 393. And that's a problem. So the Mets at that point, down by 5-0, had been outscored 23-0 over the last basically 19 innings of work. But they came right back in the bottom of the inning off Herman Marquez, a two-run homer by Estrubal Cabrera, cut it to 5-2. to two. Felt like this game was in Denver instead of New York, 5-2 to two at the end of one. Right back, though, came Charlie Blackman in the top of the second inning. More on him in just a little bit. That's 11 home runs from him from the top of the order. We just saw Ozzy Albies in here. He's got 10 home runs from the top of the order for the Atlanta Braves. Colorado would add to the lead, got a run in the sixth inning on a home run from the light-hitting Tony Walters, only his fourth career home run. His batting average for the year was 120 when he reached the upper deck in right field. So you kind of got the sense that maybe Wheeler was running out of gas, and sure enough, uh, he was kaput in the seventh inning. Two on and nobody out, and uh, eventually an RBI single from Ian Desmond would knock in another run. So it was 8-2 to two Colorado, though Seth Lugo was able to stem the tide. He came on, did a nice job in relief. On Jay Bruce t-shirt night, you were hoping Jay Bruce could get involved in this game, and he did a little bit. He had a single and a walk on his t-shirt night. But really, the Mets got a big lift offensively from the guy that batted right after him. Todd Frazier hit a 437-foot two-run homer in the eighth inning. That got the Mets back to within 8-4. to four. And then the carousel started to spin in the ninth. It was a double to get things going, and then a single by Ahmed Rosario to knock home Wilmer Flores, who had that pinch double. That broke a 1 out of 19 slump, you would hope. Nimmo popped out, but then as Drubal Cabrera tripled over the head of Carlos Gonzalez, so the Mets were able to get to within 8-6 to six at that point. Cespedes coming up as the tying man against Wade Davis, 
the guy that ended up throwing the last pitch of that World Series in 2015, Game 5. Everybody was hoping it would be instead Matt Harvey that threw the last pitch of that World Series Game 5. But uh, Wade Davis, three years or so later, comes back, and he does end up finishing the job on the mound because he struck out Cespedes. He walked Bruce, and then Todd Frazier, another hit, an RBI single. Jose Reyes, who was pinch running, was able to get to third, albeit barely. And that set it up. You had runners at the corners, 8-7 ball game. Michael Conforto had been 0-4 for 4 with three strikeouts. Could he come through against Wade Davis? Would have been awesome. But no, he struck out. The fourth time he had struck out, and that was it for the Mets. A final of 8-7. Although the Mets outhit the Rockies as it turned out 12-11, a game that was witnessed by 34,030 at City Field. To the manager. Let's go to Mickey Calloway. You know, I think it's, it's just the same thing we've been talking about, just getting on time. You know, they've been working really hard. He took some pretty good swings earlier in the game. And then when you don't get the results, then I think the mentality, you know, is hard to fight. And uh, maybe that crept in a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it's t- he's in a tough spot right now. Um, so, you know, he's got to keep on grinding it out and uh, keep on working. That mentality that you talk about, do you see him – pressing a little bit right now you know maybe maybe a little bit I think you know you can tell a guy's body language sometimes when they come back maybe he's pressing just a tad I'm sure you've been asked this and thought about it but how do you kind of figure out how to get Zach second through sixth inning to apply first inning through whenever yeah I think obviously there's a trend there um, in the first inning you know I think that uh, we have to be proactive in getting him ready to go out and compete from pitch one you know, I think you see a lower velocity, not as crisp of stuff. Um, so he's got to go out there and close every inning. You know, we don't care how deep in the game he pitches. We want the most effective innings as possible. If that's two innings, that's two innings. If it's seven, it's seven. Um, and, you know, I've talked to him a little bit about that after he came out tonight. And uh, we're going to work hard on making that adjustment. Kevin, on your left. Mickey, in general, how was the energy tonight, you know, getting down early and then coming back. No, it was good. Um, you know, I, I, that's the one thing, you know, throughout this real rough patch that we're, we're in, and, and it's rough. It's, it's tough. The energy's always been there. You know, you got guys like Fraze, you got, you know, those veteran guys, you got those young guys, um, and we're not losing our energy, that's for sure. Tony on the left. Considering there is a potential, you know, physical element to Conforto's struggles, um, you know, is continuing to play every day what you think is the best thing for him to get out of this? No, I mean, we'll have to see. You know, I'm going to get him the day off tomorrow. Uh, Nim's going to play again, and then we'll kind of go, go from there. You know, I, f- I feel like he probably needs a mental break tomorrow. So, you know, I'm going to talk to him a little bit about, you know, maybe taking, you know, taking the day, maybe go shag some flies or whatever. Steve, on your left. Mickey, you had... Lugo out there and pitched three innings. Was that just about finishing off the game, or are you at least preparing for the possibility of, of maybe stretching him out and moving him back into a starting role? I think like we always talk about, we're going to do everything we possibly can to put uh, you know, ourselves in a position to win. Um, you know, It wasn't just about that. It was about saving arms for tomorrow. Um, you know, when, when we get those guys in the game, they might as well pitch deep and, and go as far as they can and kind of get to their pitch count. That's the skippers. The Mets have now lost four straight games for the first time this year. Now, what's brewing for tomorrow? That's brought to you by the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, 
They are making a big-time comeback, just like the Mets tried to do in this one. They're returning to your neighborhood under new ownership, but still, as always, they serve the finest premium coffees from around the world, whatever your pleasure. And soon there will be a location near you. They are coming back. Trust me when I tell you, if you haven't had it before, you will really grow to like it very quickly. Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Know the name. And thanks to them for helping to sponsor the podcast, too. Tomorrow, or actually tonight now, if you're listening to this on Saturday morning, a 7-10 first pitch. Steven Matz gets it cranked up after an extra three days of rest. And he's got some payback, due for Colorado. Last time he faced the Rockies at City Field, one inning, nine hits, seven runs. Chad Bettis is on the mound for Colorado. Speaking of comebacks, he's had to battle back from testicular cancer. He and Jamison Tyone of Pittsburgh both have done that very effectively. Into this year, a 2.2 ERA, 25 career wins, and a a lot of good things for Chad Bettis when he's going right. In in his 23 career losses, uh, how about an ERA of 8.9? So basically this guy is either very, very good or very, very bad. We'll wait and see which version steps out there tonight. Chad Bettis and, and another Rocky with those initials of CB, Charlie Blackman. Got to talk about him for a second. Fear of the Beard, the Brooklyn-dwelling freelance lumberjack guy is how they describe him with a very strange look. Had himself another good night last night. He's now got 11 home runs, 10 of them on the road. So this is not just a a guy who gets it done at Citi Field. And he can get it done against lefties too. Just for example, lifetime against Robbie Ray, a very tough lefty for Arizona. He's 13 out of 24 with three home runs. Just throwing that out there. So it's Blackman and Bettis and the Rockies against Mats and the Mets on Saturday night. A day game Sunday, then a road trip next week at Cincy and at Philly. And if you feel like joining the Mets out on the road, there's a one-stop app tailor-made for a last-minute trip to see the Mets or any event you decide to go for. It's called Hotel Tonight. Not Hotel Z, just Hotel. Singular, since you only need one hotel, not a pile of them. Hotel Tonight partners with... uh, Very good, solid hotels. I mean, good stuff. And they help them sell their unsold rooms. Means you get amazing deals in amazing places. They're not going to put you somewhere where they themselves would not stay. So you don't have to overthink this at all. And in fact, once you get the app, there is nothing to it. It takes you 10, maybe 15 seconds of your time. Seriously. Hotel Tonight partnering with amazing hotels all over the world. And they're now partnering with us as well on the Daily Mets podcast. We appreciate them very much. And we appreciate you. We thank you. We hope that you download tomorrow or even subscribe so we're there waiting for you when you get up every morning. Let's go Mets. This is Josh Lewin, and this has been a very active day with the DMP.